0: Welcome to The Gathering Place
1: with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Beth. Hi, Jenna. How are (laughs) you? Good. Really good. Praise the Lord. I wanted to tell you I saw this tweet from Demi Lovato. Okay from 2010
0: yeah she said I want to be in the Super Bowl
1: I want to sing at the Super Bowl yeah and in 2020 she did yeah she had perfect vision wow for 2020 wow and she sang (laughs) at the Super Bowl isn't that cool yeah Rachel do you not love that story
2: (laughs) I do love that story I love most of all your she had perfect vision for 2020 that's my favorite part
1: so happy that you're here could I ask you to introduce yourself
2: Sure thing. I'm thrilled to be here. My name's Rachel Leininger and I live in the middle of the country in St. Louis, Missouri, where we are very proud of our Cardinal baseball and blues hockey and toasted ravioli. It's one of our delicacies. So it's basically ravioli deep fried. You dip it in marinara. It's amazing. I've been married to David a little over four years, pulled him into the Midwest, and now he can never leave. (laughs) And we have four children. So we have two in heaven. We have Georgie and Monica. And then we have Alice, who is two and a half. And then our little Lucy just turned one in December and is doing everything she can to keep up with Alice. And my people are only going to be little for a little while. So since we're in a position that I can hang out with them while they are, that's what we're going to do.
1: Rachel, you and I were chatting recently, and you told me this really beautiful thing about a college professor who spoke life into you. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it really touched me. And I was like pondering it, thinking like, what is that answer for me? So would you share that with us?
2: Sure. Yeah. So when I was in high school, it kind of starts back then. I had this English teacher my junior year who I loved. And he really encouraged me in writing. But it never seemed like anything that I could participate in. And then my junior year English teacher was like, you know, you're going to write the great American novel one day. And he was so confident in my abilities that it kind of woke me up to like, I could actually do that. Really? Like, you, you see that in me, you know? So it was super encouraging. So then when I went off to college, I knew I was going to be an English major, specifically creative writing emphasis. And I had room in the schedule to double major, but I didn't know what else to do. And so it's my freshman orientation weekend. Uh, I wandered into the English department to try to find a professor to ask just for some advice. You know, I can double major, what else should I study? And I found this guy who you could tell had a lot of fun in the 70s and like maybe never left it. (laughs) I sit down to talk to him and I I can just imagine I'm so eager and I'm just like, what should I double major in? And he's like, what do you mean? I said, well, I want to be a writer. I got the creative writing thing going, and so what's going to be the most helpful, like business and marketing, so I can like sell stuff or communications, you know, what would you recommend? And he looked at me like I had three heads, and he goes, what do you care about? And I said, what? And he goes, what do you care about? Because writers write about what they care about. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I I walked away, and I was like, well, I care about Jesus. I love Jesus a lot. And so I added on a, a theology major. And it was neat because when I graduated, I had a part-time job selling clothes at the Gap and a really crummy apartment with my roommate that we could afford on our little part-time salaries. And I got introduced to the ministry of the REAP team. And I started working for the REAP team pretty much right away. And so I thought, oh, isn't it funny I went to school to study English, but then I picked up this theology major, and now this is what I'm going to use for my job And then as the time has gone by, it's like, oh, no, that creative writing degree has been equally important in the work that I've done, you know, to serve the church, especially as we move towards blog posts and social media and things like that. But even writing talks to then go give them, you know, I know people have a lot of different processes when it comes to writing. And especially when it comes to writing a talk, mine is to write it all out as if I'm writing a paper and then to go back and edit and get it ready to give to people. So It's just really neat to me how I went into college with one plan. Oh, I'm going to be a writer. I came out of it. Oh, I'm a theologian. (laughs) Oh, okay. Now I work for the church. Oh, but I'm still writing. How God can use everything is just really cool.
1: Yeah, I think it's similar for us. I studied special education, and it's all I wanted to do from the time I was five years old. I spent my summers working at a day camp for special needs kids. It was just my whole heart. I declared on the first day, but I also loved Jesus. And I thought, how do those two things work together? And they have. You know, I'm not doing everything that I loved about that. And I'm curious. uh, There's no rush for me, no pressure. But I do wonder how the Lord is going to bring that back around with like special needs kids, you know? But, you know, I think we're tempted at times to look at something like a degree. I mean, that's a very obvious answer. But there are other examples of that. We look at it and we think like, was that whole season a waste? Was my degree a waste? No, I had a great conversation
2: over the weekend with a college student on a similar line because she had just broken up with a guy that I don't know how long they had dated, but they've been broken up about three weeks. And so she was feeling really discouraged because she's like, I found a guy my age and he's still a virgin. And what if I never find that again? And I was like, oh, sweetie, like, first of all, there's probably a lot of really faithful guys out there living chastity. We just don't know about them because it's not as good of gossip. But then it was funny because I was reminded of something that my spiritual director had said to me when I was later 20s, before I had met David. And I think I just ended a relationship. And she said, you know how I knew that my husband was the one? It's because he had all the best qualities of all the other guys I had dated. And I was like, God really does use it all.
1: How beautiful just to think of those losses as glimpses of good things to come rather than a loss in and of itself and buy into that fear that you're never going to have that again.
2: Yeah, to have gratitude as we go, you know, oh, there was good things in this and I'm grateful to God for that experience or that relationship or that, you know, moment, I think is really encouraging and hopeful when we're in the face of loss. Have you ever had anything like that, Jenna? What did you do before Blessed Is She? I was my mom's admin assistant.
0: And then we got married and then we got pregnant. And then I was like, oh, I should probably like do something with my life. So I went to the local trade school and I was like, hey, I want to sign up for nursing. And they're like, no, that's a two year wait. And I said, well, what's available sooner? And they said, respiratory therapy starts in two weeks. I was like, great, sign me up. (laughs) So then I did respiratory therapy for nearly five years. And a couple years into it, started playing around on the Internet with Blessed Is She late into the night and
1: some things never change in between
0: patients. (laughs) (laughs) Then blessed is she started. I loved the hospital. I loved hospital life. I love the culture and working with the same people 36 hours a week and getting to know them and eating meals together. And I don't know. It's just like a really fun camaraderie and team environment, which I've always loved teams. So that's really the thing that I've definitely Taken into blessed is she is the idea of working with a team and that sort of thing, but that's all
1: I really learned from there. Okay, I'm going to challenge you on that because I do think you learned things about people. Like I remember even before coming in yeah. to blessed is she, like just being a part of the community. I remember an email that you sent Mm. that was like so moving and it was about how you like heard the story of a woman that you worked with and you'd never really like gone deep with her. Okay, It was like this light bulb came on to you that you needed to share the gospel with her. Like that all these different people who are in your daily life may not know the Lord and have very real suffering that the Lord wants to speak into or relieve or heal. And that was like you just having daily conversation with a coworker. Yeah. The Lord does use everything. Sometimes it's like planting a hope, like that girl you were talking to. But, you know, the enemy's like so tricky. He's like so manipulative. So in a way, I think he can take those beautiful lessons that the Lord is teaching us and lie to people that God is always testing us. That like, I just have to get through this thing and like do right And the whole point was just to learn the lesson because that was a test. And that's not true.
2: No, yeah, I know. I've heard people well-intentioned, loving, beautiful people say things that are really hurtful in the face of a big loss. You know, especially I think about when we miscarried our first, it was really early on in our marriage. We had, we got married in August, pregnant in September and lost our baby in October. It was a bam, 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 action packed. And nobody knew what to say or what to do. And I look back at it now and I'm like, well, at least you can get pregnant is not comforting because I'm hopeful that we'll have more babies, but at the same time, I don't know if we will. And also, I want this baby. Or, well, God has a plan for all of this. And now that doesn't mean that God said, I'm going to give you a baby and take it away. You know, it means that that was God's plan for this child, and he can use it all. And I think there is a lot of hope in that.
1: Yes, now looking back, I can see, Mm -hmm. of course, God used that. And what a blessing, Georgie, has been to your family and the power of his intercession. But that's all in hindsight. Hindsight is 2020, 20, Beth. Perfect. Hindsight is perfect vision. <laughs> so hindsight is amazing. You can see nearly perfectly in retrospect. But like what could someone have said to you, Rachel, in the moment? Could they have just been present to you in that loss?
2: Yeah, my favorite things that people did. One is my best girlfriend who lives in town. And she is a total Martha. I just tease her about it all the time because she's like, I need to do something now. I'm losing my mind. And I'm like, I'm sorry, there's nothing you can do right now. And she hates it. She hates it, hates it. So she sent a care package full of comfort foods and coloring books. That was so beautiful. And another friend, she set up a novena with one of the religious sisters communities here in town. So for nine days, your family's the intention at mass. And For people to just say, this sucks, and I'm really sorry. And for the people who had been there to say, I know how you feel, was really comforting. Because the other one of the enemy's favorite little tricks is, you're the only one who's ever felt this way. You know, you're all alone in this. And so for them to say, I know I've been there, and I'm so sorry. And then the ones who hadn't to say, I can't imagine what that feels like, but I'm with you. It's not as hard as we make it out to be. I think we all have that tendency to want to fix it. We want to do something. We want to fix it. And that is not something we can do on our own. We can't fix that. Yeah,
0: I want to backtrack a little bit and go back to your college professor. What do you care about? I think
1: it's a great question. Totally. What do you care about?
0: I mean, I think all of us are going to say the Lord. I know. Okay, so yours was special ed from the age of five. The Lord used what you cared about. Yeah. Yeah to get you to where you are right now. And I think so often in life, we're just moving along with what we're supposed to be doing next. For example, when I just signed up for respiratory therapy because it was two weeks away and it was the closest thing that I could start. So I think that's the more typical kind of approach to life is just getting through every single day. And we don't ever really ask ourselves, what is the Lord willing for my life? What are the dreams that he's set on my heart? because he put them there for a reason. And so I think it is an important question. Even if you're 18 or you're 60, I think it's an important question to sit there and say, what is it, God, that you put on my heart? Because it's there for a specific reason. You made me for a specific purpose, not only to grow in love and relationship with you, but you made me to emit your love in some special and supernatural way to the world so what yeah. is it that you set on my heart to dream and to walk with the lord in that
1: it reminds me of a question from the advent journal this past year it was very early on in the journal the question was what is your vision for your family what is your oh. vision for your life like dream with god about that and i remember being in the facebook groups and reading a lot of people saying like i'm really struggling with this We do kind of just like go with it, and our family ends up being formed and forged by circumstances, by jobs, by how many kids come along, and in what order, and what spacing. We just kind of go with it and react. Whereas to have a vision with the Lord, to have a dream that He's already planted in your heart, like through your desires. It's all like cooperation with the Lord. It's oh, yeah. not just his vision and it's not just our ambition. It's this beautiful like marriage of both our desires and God's will. And as yeah. we come closer to the Lord, those two things merge even more and they're purified. But you know, I was like so moved by that silly tweet from little Demi Lovato. Like, I want to yeah. sing at the Super Bowl. And she put that out there, like. She claimed that that was a dream and didn't shy away from it being like too big or too fanciful. She just wanted to do that. And I don't know if she did that with the Lord, but how incredible that we can yeah, do think, that with the Lord.
2: I think a lot of times I hear people express a desire, but then they backtrack. They get nervous or uncomfortable because they're afraid it's prideful or, or false humility even of, well, I just want whatever God wants. Well, God wants things for you. God has a plan and a purpose for your life and He's not gonna make it respiratory therapy if what you really care about is professional football. Like it's just not how God does things, you
1: know. Literally before you said professional football, I was thinking about Tim Tebow, which I don't care at all about professional football. It's blowing
0: my mind all this stuff.
1: (laughs) What's happening? Twitter is ruining you. (laughs) No, I didn't see anything about him on Twitter. But I'm thinking about like, what does Tim Tebow care about? The Lord, football, and special needs kids, actually. But how the Lord has used all of his desires, his skills, his like natural God-given talent. And that brings God glory. I mean, he speaks very openly about the Lord. And he didn't have to be in ministry to do that
2: yeah i love the passage from saint paul the one body many parts right the eye looking at the ear like oh well i guess i'm supposed to be an ear no you need to be an eye because you have a function and a purpose that is essential for the body
0: yeah i think so often people are just like well this is it this is my life there's like nothing more to do other than work and the dishes and the laundry yep You go to sleep, you wake up, you do it again, all over again, Mm -hmm. but there's more to life.
2: It is neat. I think looking back with that hindsight can really help us as we go to look forward to right now in this season of being mostly home full-time, that was not an ambition I ever had. I know that there are a lot of people who really do desire that. I always thought if I'm home full-time, we're going to spend too much time and money at Target. That's not going to be good for our family. (laughs) So. I do know myself pretty well. This is why I'm still doing some events once in a while to keep me busy. (laughs) But like, it's not an ambition I had. But now I can see there are gifts that I've always had that are serving me well in this at the same time that God is blowing up things I never knew in myself There is a patience in me right now I have never had in my life. And it has to be the Lord because there's no way it's coming from me when I have to ask, tell me when you need a potty for the 8,000th time that day. And I'm like, yeah, this is just what I'm doing now. Like, that's the Lord. But some of them were like, okay, let's read a lot of books. You know, let's draw pictures. Those are always kind of things I was into. So it is neat how he's using it all even in this season.
0: Yeah, I do think there's something really beautiful about embracing your vocation, no matter where you are, that you really do step into your vocation and say, okay, this is where my life has played out. This is where I am right now, and I'm going to embrace this. That doesn't mean we stop dreaming. That doesn't mean we stop Mm -hmm. praying and asking for the Lord to reveal new things to us, a new path to us, if that's His will.
1: I think the temptation is things will be different when my season is different. There's a lot of grace and there are treasures in the season that you're in if you embrace that season. I'm thinking about, of course, my eight day that I did earlier this year. And I remember like working with the Lord and my spiritual director on these resolutions that I wanted to put into practice in my daily life and thinking like my whole life has to change, but I'm still living in the same house. I'm still going to the same job, but my whole life is going to change because. I'm embracing this season of my life. And I remember taking my little walk every day. And without fail, every day, this random Michael Buble song would come into my mind. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life. Isn't that so sweet? Like you can have a new life in your life right now because God's in it with you, doing it with you. He'll use all the hardship, all the suffering of this season. He'll use all your natural gifts and talents if you'll partner with him in it instead of fight it and try to get into something else or get ahead of him, you know?
2: Oh, for sure. He gives you your giftings and your personality and your skill set and all of these things For great reasons. I think that's why a lot of people who don't know the Lord feel so lost because they do just kind of ho-hum go about, well, first I'll go to high school and then I'll go to college. And then if I don't know what I'm doing at the end of college, I'll go to grad school and then I'll get a job and go to work and then I'll die. Like, like this is all they see to it. And with the perspective of the Lord's vision, the 2020 site that he has, then you can totally see purpose in each season.
1: I wonder if the answer isn't that God is using it all so much as God is in it all. Yeah. Which is how he's using it all, <laughs> you know? I love that verse yeah. in Genesis about Joseph's captivity when he finally is reunited with his brothers. And he says, what you intended for evil, God used for good. That yeah. was a paraphrase. <laughs> <laughs> but the verse for sure is Genesis fifty twenty.
2: So I think of these people, you know, who just are in it and they can't see any hope or purpose or gifting for it. I think this is where hindsight legitimately is important, because if our perspective is so narrow that we only see what's happening right now, of course, there are things that aren't going to make sense right now, but as a culture, we have such a hard time sitting and reflecting. We are never, ever sitting or reflecting. We are always looking ahead or at a thousand things at once. And so when we do take the time to sit and look back, I think that's when the Lord can remind us of how He is in all the things, all the things, all the things. Like He doesn't waste it. Nothing is without a part of His plan.
0: Yeah. Beth and I did a retreat right before she started with Blessed Is She, and it was with Michelle Benzinger and Heather Kim and Sister Miriam. Shout out, a mighty Together podcast. (laughs) And we did like a whole inventory of our lives, which was really cool. Because I do think it is important to do that and then to see how grateful I am to the Lord for so many times that He's protected me in relationships and in situations in my life. But I only can get there when I'm reflecting and when I'm thinking about where I've come from or what's happened in my life. So it was really beautiful to do like a little inventory. And then we just talked about it. We kind of talked about a highlight of our life between ages zero and 10 and then 10 to 20 and then 20 to 30. And it was beautiful to see the Lord's hand in all of it. And no matter if we strayed, no matter what suffering came to really realize you were there all along and you're here right now and in that, seeing where we've come from, I think we can see a clearer path to where he wants us to go. I shared at the retreat, one of my like, fondest memories is reading with my dad on the couch. Like What a protection and safety I feel with my dad. Thinking about that in terms of the rest of my life, too. I have the protection and safety and security of my father in heaven. And even if we've gone through tremendous suffering and tremendous heartache, the Lord has been in it. And it's just a matter of us sitting down to see, where were you, God?
2: When Jesus is born, they call him Emmanuel, God with us. And when he's ascending to the father, he says, behold, I am with you, always. So at the beginning, and at the end, he is with us every single step of the way. And even the times when we can't recognize him, I use the scripture on the road to Emmaus, because it's my all time favorite gospel, because he's right there with them, and they can't recognize him, they don't see him, but he's right there the whole time and gives me a lot of hope and encouragement too. when I'm like, I can't see you anywhere in this.
1: You know, it's interesting listening to you two talk about like taking an inventory of God's faithfulness in your past, because I think a very organic fruit, no pun intended, (laughs) is that it instills a hope for the future. Like if Mm -hmm. God was faithful before, of course he's going to be faithful in the future. And I think it's so important to keep that vision before you of God was with me, God will be with me. Instead of buying into this, like everything is hard all the time, nothing works out, everything is struggle, you know, and surely, like, certainly there are seasons like that, or there could be seasons like that. But I actually think with the Lord and with that, like, deep belief that He is with us, that changes even our suffering.
2: Right. Because He suffered with us, there's no suffering we experience that He has not. You know, trust comes from proven character over time. So if I just met you, I'm not going to pour out my whole heart and soul to you because you're a stranger. But if I've known you since I was five and over and over and over again, you've been super sketchy. You also do not get my trust because your character's proven, you know, that you're not trustworthy. But that inventory of seeing the Lord has been faithful. He has been good. He has been kind. He's been trustworthy, can give that fruit of hope for the future. Yeah, this is who he is. Why would he be any different in the future? Because this is who he's always been. And he's always the same. He doesn't change. Yeah. So I
0: think that's important. Before we even really think about vision, maybe that's the part that's missing before that, is really seeing where the Lord has been with us all along. I love the Mm -hmm. road to Emmaus, too. It's one of my favorite Gospels as well. It's so beautiful that they recognize him in the breaking of the bread. Hello. It's like the greatest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, maybe we can start there. All of us, we can take an inventory and see where the Lord's been and really sit with Him and reflect. And then from there, we can think about that college professor. What do you care about? What do you want to dream about with the Lord?
1: It's safer to dream with someone you trust.
2: Absolutely.
1: Rachel, thank you so much for chatting with us. It's been so fun. Could I ask you to close us in prayer?
2: Absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we love you so much so grateful for the ways that you are in all and that you can work it all for good thank you for this time to just sit and reflect with each other and for the encouragement that came out of it to sit and reflect with you lord i pray that each of us would take the time make the time to look back and just do an inventory maybe i don't know last year maybe longer but that you would help us to do that, to sit with you and see how you've been so faithful and good in our lives. Help us to dream more with you about what's coming next, knowing that you're with us every step of the way. Thank you for this time, for all you do. God, we love you, and we trust you, and we praise you. In your name, amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit,
0: amen. Thank you so much. It was so fun to chat with you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast.
1: Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear
0: from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social
1: media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.